Pontificus? So Pontificus? He, it depends. So it's Ponticus or of Pontus. Dude, there's definitely an F in there somewhere, right? We're just going to call him Evagrius. Like, that's easy. Here it says Evagrius of Pontus. E. Evagrius of Biggie. Pontus. Just yeah, that's not Biggie. right, though. Well, that's not what you that's, that's not what you said me. Well, but he's I mean, also, I told you he's also Evagrius uh, Ponticus. Pontic- oh, I don't Ponticus. know. I don't know the Greek or the the whatever tradition he is. I don't, I well, think he's Latin. Greek. The U.S. Latin? You know, okay. Yeah. Anyway. How about dead? <laughs> he's dead. In the grave. <laughs> Long dead. dead. <laughs> Who gives a crap about this guy? Yeah. Uh, he's just a stepping stone. And three. Are we all? Two. One. monks deliberately withdrew into the desert to face temptation and sin head on and to cultivate a contemplative spirit through prayer following the example of Christ in his wilderness temptation. Culling wisdom from the oral tradition and disciplines of these ascetics who sought spiritual progress in desert solitude, Evagrius set down a list of eight thoughts or demons that typically beset the desert hermit. Gluttony, then impurity, Avarice, sadness, anger, acedia, vainglory, and last of all, pride. Evagrius had a flair for the practical. He was more interested in describing these guises of the demons and how to fight against them than in developing a comprehensive theoretical system. His portrayals of the demons remind one of C.S. Lewis's Screwtape Letters. For example, the noonday demon of sloth attacks at the heat of midday, appearing to make the sun stand still and filling one's mind with tempting rationalizations. Quote, This demon drives the monk along to desire other places where he can more easily procure life's necessities, more readily find work, and make a real success of himself. He goes on to suggest that, after all, it is not the place that is the basis of pleasing the Lord. God is to be adored everywhere. He joins to those reflections the memories of his dear, fr- his dear ones, and of his former way of life. He depicts life as sketching out for a long period of time, and brings before the mind's eye the toil of the ascetic struggle, and, as the saying has it, leaves no leaf unturned to induce the monk to forsake his desert cell and drop out of the fight. And that is from uh, page 28 of Rebecca de Young's Glittering Vices, where she quotes um, Evagrius's uh, Evagrius uh, of Pontus's writings, uh, I believe, i got to find it here. It is uh, from his Practicus, Volume 1, uh, Chapter 12. So, uh, hello and welcome to Couch Confessions. We are back, and uh, things probably sound a little bit different in here today. We're all actually uh, sitting around the couch tonight that's uh for the first time for the first time yeah yeah for the first time we've been doing this uh this podcast for months now and this is never we've never all been in the same room at once the stars haven't aligned yeah covid hasn't aligned (laughs) covid hasn't aligned 
uh, but we're back uh, and we're, we're here in person. Uh, so we're all sitting around one mic. Um, so that's, that's an interesting little setup. Uh, but thank you guys for being patient with us over the last couple weeks. Uh, life is just hectic and schedules change and, you know, we just... We haven't had a chance. You know? Yeah. We just really haven't had an opportunity. Yeah. So, uh, but it's just been two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, three. Three weeks. Three, three weeks. weeks. But we're here. We're here now. And we're, we're going to talk today. Uh, and we're going to talk not really about Evagoras. We're going to talk about the practice. Good, because uh, I can't say his name. <laughs> Big E. Evagoras? Big E. <laughs> it almost sounds like you're saying Big E. <laughs> well, you know, maybe he was. Biggie Smalls and John Cassian. Before um, he was Biggie. Yeah. Uh, but we're not really going to be talking too much about him. And the, and the reason being is because he was a, he was an ascetic monk. Uh, and so he he tried to stay away from all uh, temptations of life, all trappings of life. And he didn't really talk about himself much. All that we really have of him are things that he wrote, um, namely about these vices and, and, and how to live a moral life. But then um, the things that other people wrote about him in reflection of him. And this was in the 300s. So, you know, this wasn't like today where we have a Twitter account and a Facebook. Are and you sure? <laughs> Are you sure they didn't have that? I'm, I'm pretty positive. Pretty positive, too. 300s. <laughs> and so these <laughs> things were. Oh, let me put this on Scribe.com. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> let, me get out, com. Let, let me get out my quill. Let me yeah. sharpen it real quick. Um. I mean, the logo would still work. You'd still, it'd still be like a little bird. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably could. Uh, but yeah, so we just don't have a lot about his life, and people weren't just readily talking about him and writing about him. Um, but what we are going to talk about is the the practice that he he took part in. In the BLH podcast, we talked about uh, the seven deadly sins and their origins and. We talked about these vices and, and how we got from the eight evil thoughts of Evagoras um, to the seven deadly sins that we know today. But but in this episode, in, in Couch Confessions, we're going to talk about that practice that initially led to these things. And these were the eight evil thoughts. And, and that practice was, was getting alone in a desert, uh, in a desert cell, mm -hmm. uh, so probably a little cave, and... Just reflecting. That sounds like the worst thing ever. It probably was. How far <laughs> in a desert? I mean, um, yeah, I, I can't. That's a I, lot of sand, Jonathan. I can't. I hate sand. It's I, it's coarse. I was I was gets everywhere. I'm, I'm just so glad that someone else said <laughs> yeah, it. There you go. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, it's everywhere. Yeah. I I can't spend. It's, it's really hard for me just to spend a day alone without something on in the background, at least. Yeah. So spending hours and days and weeks and months and however long in these cells just by yourself, just by your, with your thoughts, just writing, man. That's... Not afraid of the, the snakes that are obviously out there in the desert <laughs> with you? I don't know how you did it. I think <laughs> he was probably a little bit more worried about the noonday demon than, than uh, the, the pit viper. Demons, that's right. Yeah. That that evokes what feeling? Sloth? Sloth. Uh, Acedia, as they would okay. call it um, back in the day. Okay. Which is an interesting thought. And we talked about this a little bit in, in Borderline Heretics. But 
and I'm really looking forward to it when we cover the, the, the sin itself. But this idea of sloth wasn't just um, laziness, mm -hmm. as we describe it, as we often trivialize it today, just being lazy or leisurely. Mm -hmm. But it was also just busying oneself with things that didn't really matter. In his description there, he says, you know, the noonday demon would uh, tempt him with thoughts of how to live a more productive life. How to make make uh, make ends meet? How to, to really fulfill? Almost comfort. Yeah, comfort, comfort. You can get more money out there. He can be more comfortable out there if he goes out and he works a normal nine to five instead of sitting in a desert all day. Presumably, from the outside, we would say doing nothing. But well, that's what he would look like a bum in a cave. <laughs> right. In the but uh, but as he would describe it, he was doing the Lord's work and uh, and and really reflecting. And so that's what, that's what we're going to talk about today. It's just that, that idea of, of reflecting, self-reflection. Why is it so hard for us to do that today? Yeah. Uh, before we get into that, though, let's do our introduction real quick. Uh, You're Jonathan. I'm Jonathan. I'm David. And I'm Zach. And that's more for us than it is yeah. for you. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is the first time we've been in the same room together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could also call me Sloth because I've, I've actually developed a kindness or a fondness of the Sloth. I've actually felt like he was my spiritual animal for a long time. So I, I feel like microaggressions um, from Big E here. <laughs> Hey, towards me. Well, then you'll you'll really be a fan of uh, Gregor. Uh, oh, Gregory. Oh, yeah, Saint Gregory. Yeah, because uh, he Gregory the first. Yeah, he he rolled in sadness with sloth, and but he he used the word sadness or yes. melancholy. Thank goodness. And so he's not he's not attacking your sloth. That's right. He's no longer. It's been completely replaced. Thank goodness. Right. Well, well then I mean, but then Aquinas brought it back. Well. Who cares about Aquinas? A, a lot, lot of medieval people. philosophers. A lot, a lot, a lot of everybody. A lot of people. <laughs> Love Aquinas. <laughs> anyway, you were saying about reflection. Yeah, why do we hate that? Why do we? Why do we have such a hard time with it? Uh, well, first off, at just humorously, thinking's hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And taking the time and the effort to think critically and to think well about things um, is difficult, and so. To, to first make that step and to be able to say, okay, how does this affect? What's the cause and effect here? What's the long play? What's, what's the impact? What's mm. more than just this moment of gratification? Mm. Um, one of the things that technology has always had throughout history is it's a trade-off. I'm mm. trading something for something more convenient. Yeah. So with a printing press... Um, Human memorization was ridiculous before yeah. the printing press. But then as soon as the printing press came around, we didn't have to memorize everything. And so we've lost a good bit of our cognitive ability. Mm. Then, um, you know, the next one that I think of immediately is uh, the internet. Mm. And our patience took a huge hit because yeah. we can have everything instantaneously now. Why would we want to wait? Um, I think of microwaves. Uh, as wonderful as microwaves are and how much I appreciate them when I'm reheating my boy's uh, milk before I send him to bed, um, my, my patience is thinner because of, of the microwave as opposed to taking something over a, an open fire. It just takes longer. Yeah. I'll push back a little bit, though, and say that, um, you know, I, memory might have suffered for the elite few who were fortunate enough to remember or, or be relied upon for the remembering of society and history. But... 
the printing press, the internet is really set a fair is it's more equitable as far as information is concerned throughout all through for everybody. So we've made great strides due to technology. Not that there's not negative involved. Well, which, and, and that's what I'm saying is like yeah. it's, it's a trade off. Like, there's a, there's in, in order for technology to come by, it's trying to improve something, but yeah. there's always a cost associated cost. with it. Yeah. Well, I think too. I mean, just like one of the things that I think of with that, and I was having a conversation um, with a lady at work, and um, she is actually diagnosed with ADHD. And I, I teach uh, a young student who has ADHD pretty severely. And so we were just talking about, about that. And um, I was talking about my own practicing habits and things like that. And the way I was describing my, my, how, I, how I practice and how I work, she's like, well, you sound like you might have it a little bit too. And, and, the th- and she, obviously she's being jo- she's joking. Yeah. I mean, there are some there are some actual diagnosis with some of these things. So I don't want to take it lightly. But I, I will say this, though. There are traits of that that I feel that have developed in me over the years. And, and I notice it myself all the time. I will be sitting, watching TV, uh, playing my Switch, my Nintendo Switch. And then while my Nintendo Switch is loading, I will pull out my phone... Oh yeah. To go and look something, you know, just to scroll on Facebook or something like that. Yeah. And it's like I've got three points of technology right now trying to occupy my time, uh, and it's because I can't keep my attention focused on any one thing that long. Um, I think about this with with TV uh, and movies too. Um, how quickly A and B stories switch to each other. Uh, in 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 media, hmm. with with narrative arcs, with like TV shows, thirty minute TV shows, uh, usually you have an A story, a predominant A story, and then you have a secondary B story, and usually that's enough. But a lot of places, or a lot of shows, are actually throwing in a smaller C story as well, just to keep the attention going. And the time crunch for each of those little narrative arcs is getting smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we've got to move from one story to the next story to the next story to keep you going. Yeah, I haven't um, paid attention to that, but you're right. Yeah, and it's 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 a thing. It's our attention span is 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 we're 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 becoming more ADHD as a culture mm-hmm. almost. Our attention span, I'm, I, in a lot of ways, I think is probably shrinking yeah i think what we're really facing though is a, a lack of ability to focus yeah and that's mm-hmm. what the problem is is that we we lack the ability and the willpower um and the determination to actually say this is my priority this is what i want to do right now this is what i need to do right now mm. and focus on that one task that's and complete it and you know it's we no matter how much we want to argue that people can multitask it, you're just splitting. You're just splitting true. your attention. Is all you're doing. Yeah. That's all you're doing. Splitting your attention, and so you're not able to truly focus on the one thing that you know that you need to get done at that moment, and that's very dangerous. You know, I mean, that's when accidents happen. We, everybody knows that we, yeah. we make mistakes when our attention is split. So just you know, learning. But going back to reflecting, mm-hmm. that's why it's tough to reflect. Yeah. That's why it's tough to be alone with our thoughts. We don't focus on anything, so yeah. why would we even focus on our own thoughts? So something else, something else that I think that we haven't touched on yet, but with 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 reflection, 
there's this idea of repetition. Mm. You know, the idea of reflecting is that there is literally the copy of, mm. right? Yeah. It's like I have to have this thought first before I can reflect on it. Mm-hmm. It's almost like review. Yeah. And I think of one of my mentors, he always says that truth is not a persuader, repetition is. Mm. Yes. And it's yeah. the idea that there is truth out there, or at least we believe that there's objective truth. We mentioned that in another one of our episodes. Um, but it's the truth that has been so repeated in us. Like, you think of nursery rhymes. You know, if I were to say Jack and Jill, one up, one the, up hill. the hill. Yeah. All right. How many of you intended to memorize that the rest of that phrase? No. Nah. You didn't. But it was repeated so many times that it became just your truth. Right. And I think that's something that is true for a lot of people in our culture. The reason why they're going to this so many different forms of entertainment and dra- distracting our attention is because it it's trying so desperately to get the same thing that reflection has, which is intent. Mm-hmm. And as a culture, we have moved away from, all right, I'm focusing on this one thing, this one idea, this one subject, a.k.a. God. And I'm splitting it a bunch of other things. Mm. I think I think another aspect, and I think this is is probably um, a, a one that that I I, I tend to think of uh, probably holds a little bit more weight to some people is uh, the fear from f- fear of what that reflection might hold and what's lurking under the water. Right. Um, when in scripture, a lot of the the instances that we see of us being called to reflect is usually to 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 pull out the negative things, mm-hmm. to find those negative things that are hidden deep within us, to bring those to the surface so they can be cleansed away. I mean, you look at at David. Um, he asks God, "Reveal, you know, search my heart, know me, know what's in there." Right, Paul uh, saying. Uh, test yourself to see if you are in fact in the faith. Uh, Peter also says a similar thing in Second Peter. It's just looking. If if we have been more reflective, we wouldn't be uh, as susceptible to certain temptations or things like that. If we are more aware of who we are, uh, we would see these negative traits in us. Yep. Uh, and so I think often we have a tendency to avoid that because we have to confront. Who we really are, mm-hmm. um, and that not, that might not be true for everybody, right? Some people it just generally might be a lack of focus, but I think for some, it's it's a it's a bit of a, a distraction from yeah. So what one of the things that you're talking about um, in the clinical counseling field we call that cognitive dissonance, mm. and it's this dissonance between the ideal of who I say or think I am and what I actually do, mm. and so what is every pastor is trying to do with their congregation is bridge the gap between the followers of Christ and what they say and living the way that Jesus proclaimed. Or as a teacher, you're trying to bridge the gap between the student who knows they should practice and actually practicing. Or, uh, David, with your students, those that need to study so that they can do what they need for their assessments and actually retaining the knowledge to be able to act on that. Yeah, I teach my students too that um, there's the person that they think that they are, and then there's the person that they actually are. And I tell them that constantly, to try to motivate them to look inward and, and try to achieve what it is, whatever it is their ideal is, not just who they think they already are. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, this goes, this goes to James even, too, of 
uh, you say you have faith. Well, show me your faith without your deeds, and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. Mm-hmm. And it's this idea of, well, yeah, what we say is one thing, but, but who we really are is, is quite the different. And that, that's a scary thing to realize, uh, that you're not who you think you are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very uncomfortable truth. Right. That's what it is. Well, the truth often hurts before it helps. Yeah. Right. But, and that's the thing about, about, about pain is, is uh, pain is often a, a tool used to, to refine us. Um, an indicator almost? Yeah, an indicator. It lets us know that things aren't right and that things could be better. Uh, not that, not, not that, that, uh, no pain, no gain or that whole, you know, like, mm-hmm. y- you know, that's a God. macho mentality though. That's, right. And that's, that's not necessarily what it's about. You know? Right. But God can certainly use pain. And for some people, uh, pain is the, is the, is the thing that has to be there to motivate. Well, I, I think, um, yeah, I want to, want to say, yeah, the macho reality isn't, isn't what we're striving for, but I don't think there's true growth without that pain. Right. I mean, we there yeah. there has to be pain uh, in the process. There's mm-hmm. going to be pain inherent in the process, I believe. Yeah. And that's the same thing when you look at Scripture. Uh, on that judgment day, there's still going to be pain for us as believers. Um, mm-hmm. That's made very evident by the things that we did do that were wrong and by the omissions that we committed as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's just something to think about. Pain, pain's always part of the process as we're growing. Well, and I think, based off what you're talking about, like, think about the church. The church is most flourishing when it's being persecuted. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not the same thing as what we're, the, the individuals that seek out, you know, self-mutilation or self-deprivation uh, for some sort of higher cause. That's not what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, there's no purpose to that. But what, no, we're, what we're talking about is, what you're saying is that the greatest growth and gains happens when there's a great deal of pain and struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about working out. All three of us are trying to make healthy decisions in our life. Mm-hmm. And uh, the best gains typically come from really breaking down our muscles. Yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. And it's unfortunate. It hurts. And I yeah, don't want to do smart way. In a smart way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Smart way. And I think, that's Responsibly. What, I think that's what you're talking about, too. Is, you know, self-mutilation is not a smart way of going about feeling the pain. You know? Well, I, uh, there's, no, there's no point in that. I had a, a, a church member who used to say this when he was... He was always struggling with dieting, but uh, and so we, we would talk about that a little bit. But he would always say, "He's like, here here's the the short, you know, the long and short of it. If you're not hungry, you're not doing it right. Mm-hmm. If there's not some kind of a hunger there, then you're not dieting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're not sacrificing anything, then you're then you're not really yeah. making any progress in that." Sure. This might be completely spitting off in a different area, but as we're talking about reflections and as you're talking about dieting and what you just said, that if you're not giving up something, it's not worth it. I think of Lent, mm. right? What's the whole point of the season of Lent? That's correct, and and you're absolutely right in that. When when Jonathan was reading the passage on the desert and comparing uh, Big E's time out in the desert to <laughs> to the Christ, you know, uh, that that's the season of Lent's coming up. Yes, yeah. March first. Yeah. So it's upon us, absolutely, giving those things up, giving up those eight, you know, thoughts, whatever yeah. they're called, eight evil thoughts. Yeah, evil thoughts, thoughts or something. Yeah, that's what we're sins. talking about. Yeah. Okay, all right. And uh, but that that's true, and and like that's a that's a great call in there with 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 Lent coming up. When we're talking about this idea of self reflection, that's one of the prim- like that's one of the reasons why we give up things. Uh, we had discussed a little bit before with the whole ascetic monks. And in Scripture, we're, we're called to kind of 
be wary of asceticism. Uh, in Timothy, Paul's talking about, hey, uh, don't listen to those fools who are telling you to, to, to not get married or to stop eating certain foods. Everything, is, everything created by God is a gift from God and it's meant to be enjoyed. That's, that's ridiculous. But in, in that specific instant, you know, those people were trying to give up things to be holier, to, like, add to that. And that's what asceticism is, right? Right, right. Yeah, that's asceticism is, is adding more laws, adding on to what Christ has done because he hasn't done enough. His sacrifice wasn't enough, so I need to prove my salvation more by giving up all of these things. I need to be a holier person by being celibate, by giving up food, by fasting, you know, seven days a week, by... Um, not having all these other gifts, you that's know, right. and that's yeah. and I think I think the good point I think that you brought up earlier, Zach, right, was that just giving it up because of the fear of not being uh, righteous if you do those things, right? So right. trying to build extra walls, right? And and so all that to say is the when you're doing it for the sake of your salvation, well, that's wrong. And, and there's not enough information about Evagoras, and I, don't, I haven't done enough study about his particular sect of monks to know if they were doing it for salvic, salvific reasons. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know enough about that. So I'm not saying that that's why they were doing it. But the, there is some benefit to giving up these things for a season because it gives you opportunity to focus and to reflect. And that's part of the purpose of Lent is to give something up um, as an opportunity, uh, one for discipline, but also to reflect on yourself and see where you can you can grow in your own sanctification, right? That's that's kind of the point there. So I want to give that kind of cautionary bit. But as we're coming up into Lent, I mean that's something to begin thinking about. What can we begin to get rid of so that we can spend more time in prayer, more time in reflection, more time growing in our own discipline. That's right. good. We got we got a few short weeks coming up for Lent, so that's that's good. All right, and I think I think that this is really the, the good point to kind of like, you know, this has kind of been kind of a little bit downcast and like, oh, why don't we do this? You know, this is you know, it's a hard thing. It's awful, but really, reflecting isn't just about reflecting on the bad things. Taking time to reflect isn't just about looking at the sins in our lives. Aquinas, Cassian, uh, Gregory, um, Evagrius, all these guys, when they wrote out these things, they did it from a, a stance of virtues, not vices. The vices were supplemental to helping understand how to be better with the virtues. But it wasn't that they were reflecting on these vices to glorify these vices or to, to fixate on them, but it was so that they could focus on the virtues more. Hmm. I think about what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4 where he says dwell on these things, things that are pure and holy and just and righteous and joyful and those are the elements that, you know, reflection can be on either one. Right. Again, it goes back to what are you intentionally trying to reflect on for the purpose of what do you, what, why would you want to reflect? So as a Christian who's been called to be like Jesus, who was perfect, I'm not there yet, Mm -hmm. so I've got work to do, which is why I reflect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think moving on from just the the talking of the action of reflection, thinking about the moments that we have to reflect. Mm-hmm. So Big E was out in the desert, uh, in a cave, 
Mm. I don't find myself oft out in the desert in a cave. Um, so, like, where where should we reflect at? Like, that's, you know, that's a good question. Can we do it Ooh. anywhere or... Daniel did it, it in his closet. Yeah, that's true. I got clothes in there though. It's I had hard to crawl into my uh, my youth pastor. He he set up a a little prayer room in his closet. Like that's yeah. what he did because he had a hard time getting away from distractions. I feel like there was a movie about that, right? <laughs> <laughs> there had to be. Yeah, there's a movie about somebody going into a closet and praying. <laughs> so I, I think uh, a place where you feel peaceful. Yeah. Okay. Like yeah. if for if you are a homebody. Find a place in your home. Make a little nest that yeah. you retreat to to reflect. Yeah. Uh, I know me. You per- heard them, listeners. Take your clothes and make a nest. <laughs> that's what you're saying. Uh, that's, exactly. that's called out of context. Bring con- your socks. That, that's called out of context. Oh, shiny um, things. Yeah, shiny I, things. I really... All right, you, all right, you crow. <laughs> um, I, like, I really like being out in nature. So yeah. uh, hikes in the woods, trail runs, bike rides, things like that. Uh, sitting by a, a stream of water if it's available. See, the whole sitting thing appeals to me versus, you know, trail running or biking as I may trip and die. Going back to slothfulness. Oh, <laughs> yes. Well, I think I think that's kind of a, a thing that we all share in that. Like, when I think of places to reflect, it has for me, it has to be in nature. I have to have a good view. Um, and, and I am a homebody. I work from home most days um, or in a small studio. <laughs> and <laughs> right. and uh, a lot of my work is done in front of a computer screen, mm-hmm. uh, in front of a couple computer screens. And so for me, it has to be out in nature. It, it has to be. And one thing that I, I try to do, I haven't been great at because I, I still have this fear of not being connected, um, but I have to turn off my phone. Um, a couple weeks ago, we were supposed to have a little camping trip. That's right. That weekend. That's right. Uh, and we ended up we ended up having a bonfire, so that was all right. Yep. But during the day, uh, since I had taken the day off, and I was like, all right, well, I'm I'm gonna get in nature regardless. I went out to Congaree. That's right. You did in the freezing cold. Yeah, yeah. and it was it was lovely. Yeah. I loved it. The problem was, and I noticed this about uh, about thirty minutes into my walk through the through the trail, is I had my earbuds in. Oh. I had my ear. I was listening to music, and you weren't even listening to the outdoors. I know it was the, it was. I know how crazy you were that in sounds. Three, right? Yes. So you weren't listening to all the insects buzzing you. It was dead of winter, man. Uh, I guess. Everything was I, dead. I thought all the insects still lived through winter <laughs> out there, man. Well, we've had snow here recently, so they're all dead. That's true. But, but no, like, I noticed this about 30 minutes into it. I was, I had my earbuds in listening to music. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. And, uh, and I had gone with the intent of reflecting, of spending some time with God in nature. And I put in earbuds. And so I had to take the earbuds out and just, and it was one of the most beautiful things. Just the silence. Mm-hmm. It was scary at first. Mm-hmm. Um... And, I mean, there were people on the trail, so it was broken up. Okay. But, like, it was silent for a long time. And it was it was really nice after a while. Uh, but it's, it's just one of those things you have to find that place for yourself, and you have to commit to it. Sure. You can't just say, I'm going to make this my prayer closet or whatever, and then, okay, but I'm also going to bring my phone in, and I'm going to bring another book in, and, you know, um, 
you know, I'm going to sit there and look at all my clothes while I'm in there and I'm going to organize and I'm going to like, if, if that's the place where you're going to reflect, that needs to be the place you're going to reflect. That's what, that's what scares me about this whole nest idea. You know, you start bringing, (laughs) you start bringing your pillow in, you know what I'm saying? Maybe some Oreo cookies. That's a good point though. Yeah. 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 You know, if it gets too comfortable, I mean, I'm going to fall asleep. That's right. Well, you know, and, and Zach taught me this back in college. Uh, I, I was night reader, wasn't I, back mm-hmm. in college? And, uh, and I started sleep. Do you remember? I couldn't read a book anymore in college. Like, I couldn't read a page yep. without going to sleep. Yep. And Zach's like, well, you probably need to get out of bed when you read. <laughs> you know, because I trained you, myself you, you to on sleep. The, on the top bunk with your yes. little light on. Yes, and I trained myself to and I'd have to turn out. off. I'd have so, to turn off the light I know. after you fall asleep. I, every time, every time, every time. Yeah. So yeah, it was. You know, you can't you can't bring those types of things into into the environment. You have to have that set environment for it. Well, and I think you're also mentioning something important. You have to know yourself. Yeah, that's right. right. Yeah, because we're we're talking about what's best practices for you. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you got to know what is best for you. And that is an interesting loop because you don't know that until you start reflecting. Mm-hmm. And so be prepared to make some mistakes early on. And trial and error, this thing. Yeah. Trial and error, this thing. And yeah. you might not be able to sit there and reflect for very long because our attention spans have waned over the years. But but for example, I, I journal, mm-hmm. but I don't journal when I reflect. Mm. Really? Nope. And, okay. and I also don't reflect as well if I'm sitting still compared to when I move. Because mm-hmm. for me, I do have some ADHD. Mm-hmm. And if I'm sitting still, I'm so distracted about being focused on sitting still that I'm not reflecting. Mm. Oh, wow. But again, that's for me. Yeah. Versus for you, if you're moving... Yeah, I have to sit there. Yeah, because if I'm moving, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to die with my next step. You know, <laughs> I've tried to pray in the car. I've tried to I've tried to reflect in the car, and I can't do that. Also, can't uh, a lot of people like to take that time in the shower to like pray and reflect, mm. but I'm too worried about the hot water giving out on me. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, tankless water heaters are, are amazing, but I don't have one, so, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah. I'm worried about that cold streak coming through. And uh, so, anyway, yeah, that's me. Those are two places I wouldn't I wouldn't try, listeners. Yeah, but yeah, it, it's just a great point of of, uh, of knowing yourself and. It takes effort and it takes intentionality, uh, but it's extremely beneficial. It it is scary to see what dark things are there, uh, and it's scary to confront the idea that you're not who you think you are. Yeah. Um, exactly yet, but the only way you get better is by addressing those things, mm-hmm. by knowing where you are and where you need to be. Uh, you can't make a plan. You can't make a roadmap. And, and asking you know. God to. To get you there, yeah. And asking God oh to get yes, you for there. sure, for sure. We can't do it on our own. Absolutely. You know, and I don't Absolutely. want to give our listeners the idea that we're giving self help, you know, mm-hmm. tips out there to try to fix ourselves because we can't do no, it. No, 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 absolutely not. I think Paul said something along the lines of like that: any work that is done in you is just by the Holy Spirit that's right. at work within you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but but again, don't be afraid of this because a lot of the Bible is talking about reflection to ward off against sin to know. The, the sin that's in us so that we can become more Christ-like. Yeah. But a lot of reflection is about reflecting on what God has done, how he's provided, how he's been faithful. The entire Old Testament is about that. What has God done? Remember that. Um, and so it's not all, it's not all, woe is me, I'm, I'm a horrible wreck. But, I mean, we are. But 
Yeah. It's also look how amazing God has and I been. And I think uh, I think I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day, um, and uh, found I found something in me. I'm I'm probably not uh, I don't show enough gratitude sometimes, mm. you know, with, about things in life in general. Mm. And so you know I think that's really what reflection is there to show. It's the weak points, but to be grateful for for where we are, and what, mm. you know, what God has done in our life and what He's doing. Yeah, because we can usually see it. So I hope that this has been encouraging um, for you guys listening. Uh, did you guys have any other thoughts as we kind of wrap up here? Uh, no. Uh, I, I think these eight thoughts have kind of morphed over the years, right? Into yes. Into the seven deadly sins. Yes, Y'all are talking sure. about that on the... the yes, the, and, and that's, that's the whole point of that is as we're, as we're going into this, it's going to cause us to, to, to look at ourselves a little bit. Um, and I hope you listeners come along with that, with us in that, because I know as we look at these sins, I'm, I'm going to be examining what of these things are big in my life. Where do I struggle with them? Um, again, not as a, as a, an excuse to beat myself down, but as a set, as an, a, a motivation to build myself up, uh, to where, where do I need to progress? And I hope you listeners, uh, would do the same. Um, for sure, because um, that, that's the whole goal when we're looking at these things. It's not to trivialize them. It's not to to make them popular in, in media. Uh, it's not to to um, to celebrate them. It's to say where do I struggle, and how can I be more Christ-like? That's right. Yeah. No, um, I think that's it for me, man. Uh, don't name your children a gravius. A vagrius. A, 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 a vagrius. Because people like me won't be able to say it. That's right. <laughs> Very well, aggravating. Well, they might get the nickname Biggie. Yeah, yeah. So Never mind. That's actually a good trade off. That's a good trade off. Children of vagrius. <laughs> um, as always, you can follow us on social media Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, at BL Heretics. You can also email us at blhstudios21 at gmail. Uh, we have a YouTube page, and uh, I have been uh, attacked by the Noonday Demon and have not been as um, uh, as on that as I would like, especially at social media. Uh, it's a balancing act for me trying to get on social media. But with YouTube, I have not been as... as, uh, as, as uh, intentional. Intentional. Admitted. Could have. There's a number of words. There's a number of words there. I have failed in that. A little self-reflecting there. I have failed in uploading as many videos as I hope. Was it self-reflecting or did you look at the YouTube views? <laughs> <laughs> the number of videos we have. Uh, I made a plan today. And uh, there will be more. So, this uh, is Couch Confessions. This yeah, Couch Confessions. Yeah, no. uh, but there will be more uh, upcoming. So be looking for that. Um... But yeah, um, I think that's it. Uh, it should be time for something. Oh yeah, oh, it's time for the jam. That's right.